This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Blue wire. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott dodged the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome to episode 105 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. This podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, and it is Thanksgiving week. So first and foremost, I am thankful to keep having this wonderful podcast with my buddy Joshua Perry. Keep bringing the people some good content when it comes to college football, and hopefully you guys are getting to enjoy a week full of Thanksgiving and with friends and family and staying safe at the same time. How are you doing, my friend? I'm well, and I would like to give thanks as well, uh, obviously, to be able to do stuff like this, which is wonderful, uh, especially with great people like yourself. Um, very thankful, too, in, in a wild year where mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have gone through some very devastating things, whether it's related to uh, their work or whether it's related to being sick or, or even the passing of a loved one. So, um, you know, just like to say how thankful I am to have, uh, you know, come to this point relatively unscathed and be able to share some of my blessings with other people along the way. Always a a very good thing. But before we get into this episode of Press Pass and talk about college football, that just brings to mind, I can't really talk about Thanksgiving without talking about food a little bit. Mm. And so, because I just, I just love good big meals. And I only get to have those usually on the holidays, right? When there's an excuse to just have a feast. Sure. So I'm going to ask, excuse, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Do I have to just pick one? If you want to do two, that's fine, but I ain't going to let you do three. Oh, come on. Why are you doing me like that? <laughs> All right. So let me, let me, let me break this up into, um, like, I'm going to give you two like entree okay. dishes and then the favorite dessert. Okay. So that, that works. I am a, a big fan of the cornbread dressing. Some people mm. call it stuffing. We call it dressing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the homemade stuff. It's not out of a box. It's delicious. Sure. And then I'm actually a big fan of cranberry sauce. And again, homemade 
I don't do the canned, slice it, nasty yeah. cranberry sauce. It's got to be fresh, homemade. But I, I just love the bit of tartness and the bit of sweetness to contrast with some of the the main courses there. And then for dessert, um, again, keeping in line with the the tart and sweet, I like a cherry pie. I like cherry pie too. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things to eat. So there you so go. So not, not a pumpkin pie person? You know, it, you mean? It, it depends. It really does. Okay. I, I think it's got to be really good. I've, I've had some very mediocre pumpkin pies. There's nothing to call home about. You know, like I can eat a mediocre apple pie, for example, and I feel mm-hmm. like it's it still like gets it done. Can't do it with the pumpkin pie. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'd rather have some sort of a fruit pie as well when it comes to my holiday uh, desserts. So uh, Thanksgiving to me was always, I always enjoyed the holidays with my family, but for some reason, and I think it's, I remind myself of this, but I have in my kitchen a little recipe book. It's a homemade recipe book. And on the front cover is a picture of my late grandfather and I, um, and I'm watching him carve up the turkey. Back um, when I was a little girl, I just remember, you know, Thanksgiving and he had the best turkey. Like he made the best turkey and he would cook it all day and it had to be perfect. And so I think that's why my fondness for Thanksgiving is the way it is, uh, just because of the memories of my grandfather and, and how much pride he took in making these meals. It wasn't just a meal. It was just something that he loved to do. And that was yes. his way of giving love every year Yes, was by his cooking. And so I am always a sucker for a really good turkey. Right. Good I mean, it's, it's got to be real good, though. It's got to have that juiciness to it. Mm-hmm. You'll laugh at me. So turkey's turkey's probably my favorite thing. But you're going to laugh because I actually never tried dressing. Kid you not. Until about four years ago. So and what was what was hanging you up on it? The texture. Really? Hands down. So you, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say yeah. this. You have to, that's why I don't like it from the inside of the bird. That's why I like just a separate dressing because you can get it crispy on the top and around the edges. And you really do need that kind of crisp as a contrast because it can be mushy. You're exactly right. You hit it right on the head there. As long as it's, it's a little bit crispy, I'm totally down and I, and I, and I've tasted, you know, obviously the dressing sense. And I usually have it now with every single Thanksgiving dinner. Sure. But it's just so weird that I, growing up my whole entire life, I never tried it. That is <laughs> until, interesting. Tell my adult life. Um, so, and then the other thing that I just, if I ever get an opportunity to eat anything that has potatoes in it, it's, I'm going to eat it. So a good homemade whipped up mashed potatoes with Hold a on. big stick of butter. Mm. So I couldn't, I couldn't do three main dishes or are you saying I did that? two. Oh, okay. So the potatoes and the, in the turkey. turkey. Okay. And and the dressing was just an aside. That was just a side okay. note too, because yeah. it was one of your favorites. Because I was I was gonna have to 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 hold you honest there, but Okay, uh, what's the third then? No, I'm no, curious. it's fine, it's fine. I don't I don't need okay. to. So okay. So I'll I'll jump in on this before we leave the topic. You talked about cooking with yes. your grandfather and how, you know, it was a labor of love for him to be in the kitchen and you would you would look on fondly when you were a kid and and just, you know, the family and everything else. And I know like the holidays bring up family for a lot of people. And, you know, for a lot of folks, it is Christmas who people who celebrate that holiday, but Mm -hmm. I always felt like Thanksgiving was really the family holiday for me. And it Mm -hmm. is because I think there's so much bonding 
that happens in a kitchen and people yeah. share their love through their cooking a lot of times. Like I love to cook. We've talked yeah. about this before. And I like to cook for other people mm-hmm. because I feel like that is me working on something that I enjoy and I get to share yes. that with others. And then I get to see their contentment, hopefully, when they yeah. bite into whatever I'm cooking and they enjoy it. So, you know, that's one thing. And I'm a big family guy. I know for other people, though, just to kind of put a bow on this, it can be a difficult time of year. Yep. And so for those people who are listening that might have some of those strained relationships or, you know, they they remember fondly of somebody and it might be their first holiday without them, you know, we're thinking about you too. And, and yep. it's I know it can be a difficult time, but, um, you know, anybody needs support, hit my DMs. Love Absolutely. to chit chat with you. Yeah, no, especially in these times. Um, that's a great, great uh, statement there, Joshua. As we segue into our first segment. Um, and <laughs> so we're hmm. going to go from like this lightheartedness hmm. in the podcast <laughs> to probably screaming and yelling and like hmm. punching the wall. Uh, maybe not that extreme, but well, this guy will so, make you do it though. He will make you do it. So this past weekend, Clemson was supposed to take on Florida State. And supposedly Clemson had a positive COVID-19 test on its roster. And FSU pretty much said, you know, we're not going to play the game. Um, We don't feel comfortable for whatever reasons they decided to say we didn't want to play the game. Um, They decided not to play the game. So the game was um, postponed or canceled, whatever you want to say. And then Dabo Sweeney comes out. And pretty much just starts taking shots at FSU and pretty much said this game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game. He said, I have no doubt their players wanted to play and would have played and same with their coaches. And he said to me, though, Florida State administration forfeited the game. Okay, your thoughts. We're in the middle of a, a a pandemic that we cannot get under control, and the numbers are spiking crazily everywhere. Yeah. And so I don't fault any organization with taking a very cautious approach, especially when you're on a, a daggone, um, an aluminum burrito flying from <laughs> one city to the next, yeah. and, you know, somebody's got a positive positive COVID-19 tests, like I can understand why somebody would have trepidations over that. I think that 2020 has exposed Dabo for the clown that he is. Yeah, He's been tone deaf on numerous topics, whether it was the coach who said the N-word and then he put out a 15-minute non-apology on that, uh, whether it's been the talk of name, image, and likeness and how he wants to live in the old days where student athletes just, you, 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 don't get any type of perks. Um, And now COVID a number of times he's been loud and wrong on this topic. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's wild. And he was taking, like he was taking shots, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just, I'm disappointed and I'm frustrated, whatever. He was like reloading. Yes. Like he was taking shots and, and I'm like, I I can understand because now this game, it, it is postponed. It's supposed to be played the week before the conference championship game. So he would lose basically a bye week that he would have had heading into sure. that against Clemson. So I can understand how that would piss him off. But at the same time, like I'm not exactly sure how long any of your starters should be playing against Florida state. If you're as good as you're supposed to be anyway. So 
like I don't feel bad. Play the damn game at a later date. Like it is. Well, and everyone's having to do this too. Yes. Right. It's not. I mean, it's it's not just him and his program. It's it's almost every program is having to find ways to either you know make up a game or change their game plan for who they're going to go up against this week. I mean, look at look at Vanderbilt for example. Yep. They were supposed to be playing Tennessee this weekend. And then yesterday it comes out that because of the way the SEC is shuffling around its schedule and Arkansas still had too many people in terms of connecting with COVID, whether that be actual positive tests or just with the contact tracing. So Missouri is now playing Vanderbilt. So, you know, think about that. It's like now Vanderbilt has to prepare for Missouri and it's just, it's a complete absolute crazy mess everywhere and yeah, so it, i don't feel it's, bad it's for bad him everywhere. either that's that's i guess the biggest thing that really just irks me about this too is it sucks for everyone like i i can't remember who it might have been maybe Tulane. some there's one team that's had seven games canceled this year oh like that gosh. really sucks that Dang. sucks wisconsin just got canceled as we record this and you know, they got beat by Northwestern, so Northwestern was in the driver's seat, but their path to playing in a Big Ten championship game, if Northwestern were to, you know, lose two of their next three games or whatever the case would be, Wisconsin probably won't be eligible to play because they've they've missed too many games already. That's, yeah. And, yeah. you know, part of it was on their behalf because they had positive cases. This time, it's Minnesota that's struggling with positive cases. And now Wisconsin can't play them. And that basically puts them out of it. Like it sucks. It is what it is though. There, I mean, literally there are people who they don't know if they'll be able to stay in their home or apartment. There are people that don't know where their next paycheck's coming from. And there are people that have died and are Mm -hmm. sick fighting for their lives right now. And to listen to Dabo blow this thing up, like it's like the most terrible thing ever. I just, I have no tolerance for it. And I said this earlier, I have to reiterate the man is a clown. Yeah. And he's showing it. I mean, he's, and it's becoming, I think, even more noticeable now to people who might not have noticed it even before, which I don't know how you couldn't. But at the same time, I think this really, really put him out there saying, okay, I, I'm clearly like not knowing what I'm doing here. I mean, he's getting out here and if, what, what's the reasoning behind it? I mean, really, what's the reasoning behind it? And even if you are taking shots at Florida State, because you think whatever you want to think, like they don't, ha- what do they have? I mean, all their guys want to play too. Sure. Absolutely. Yes. And so yes. why are you, do- why are you taking unneeded shots at a program? Who's clearly the way they're going to do things is the way they're going to do things. We're not sitting here saying we're, we're sitting here saying that Dabo, the way he's presenting himself, isn't doing it the right way, but we've not said anything about the way Clemson has done things. Clearly yeah. they've had games canceled. So it's, it's just like, don't, sit there and dog on other programs right now for what they think is the right thing to do to right. boost yourself up in whatever way. I don't know why you would do it, but again, yes. he's showing these are his true colors. He continues and, to do it. So I don't think anyone's surprised. Yeah. And the ragging on Florida state accomplishes zero in terms of finding a solution to, which I think we need to make very clear. Like that's Dabo being a, a, an immature petulant child and taking out his frustrations publicly on a university with 
basically no recourse to actually finding a solution to the thing he's frustrated about. It's just him being frustrated. And that's annoying. And like you make too much money to be acting like a big baby. Exactly. And you're right, though. I think that is his way of taking his frustration out is for some reason he feels like he he can't deal with it on his own. So he's got to go take it out on other people. It's like grow up or grow up. We're not in middle school here. Although sometimes I wish I was right now. (laughs) 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 Right. Okay. So I did want to ask you about this last weekend's big 10 big game between Ohio state and Indiana. My goodness. It was uh, getting crazy there at the end of that game, Joshua. So obviously Ohio state holds on to win handing Indiana its first loss. Did you think it would be this close? Cause I know you said, you knew the Buckeyes were going to win. You called it before this game happened on our podcast last week. Were you surprised at all by the shot that Indiana gave them? Yeah, and I honestly, I thought it was going to be one of those where Indiana would keep it close through like three quarters and then Ohio State sure. was going to blow it out. And yep. it was really one of those where Ohio State like through essentially like halftime and then basically most of the third quarter, you felt like Ohio State was totally in control. And then the fourth quarter... Indiana outscores them 14 to nothing. Um, Ohio State got outscored 28 to 14 in the second half total. And, you know, things just kind of got away from Ohio State. And I'll say this, Ohio State possessed the ball for like three quarters of the second half, just time of possession wise. And Indiana was still able to outscore them because they hit like 11 passes of 15 yards or more. Mm -hmm. And like some of them were like 50, 60 yarders. And that was basically the deal. And I think we talked about this matchup on the show a week ago, but I said Ohio State secondary was going to be tested by all the talent that Indiana had at receiver, big quarterback play. I also said that Ohio State's offensive line was going to be challenged by Indiana's front seven with different pressures and blitzes. And we saw that Justin Fields was sacked five times and pressured basically two of the, the interceptions he threw were because of bad decision, bad decisions he made under pressure. Under pressure, yep. And one of those two looking interceptions. Looking like Tom Brady last night. Looking like Tom Brady from <laughs> Monday Night Football. And uh, one of those two interceptions was actually picked off by AD lineman. So, again, for folks like I, I watch these games, my analysis would be pretty on point, to be completely honest. Right? Um, I, Seriously. I called, I called those two things, and I feel like those two things had a definite impact on the, the way that the game went. But Ohio State is too good. On Justin Fields' worst day, he still throws for 300 yards. Yeah. I like, and, and even with a, a bad, when I say bad, I mean bad secondary, Ohio State held Indiana to negative one rushing yards. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, I, <laughs> so what, like, <laughs> I mean, they could, they could go out there and look trash and in, in, in throw three interceptions and give up a bunch of big plays and still be the top 10 team. Um, and it shouldn't have been as close as it was. And I know that doesn't matter. It's a really good Ohio state team. I think it's still, still Indiana should be ranked in the top 10 in my personal opinion, but nobody gives a damn about that. Um, cause I don't have a vote, <laughs> but, um, you should, yeah, it, I told you, I watched the games, but, uh, <laughs> because I feel like a lot of AP voters don't, um, yeah. but it was, I mean, it was a really good, it was a really good football game. It was stressful. It was drama, but you know, it was a good football game. So do you feel like, because we're all kind of predicting at this point that Ohio State is going to be one of the four, obviously yep. getting into the college football playoff. What worries you 
when you're looking at the other teams that could possibly be in it? And do you feel like they're going to be okay at that point when they get to that point with fixing what they need to fix? Yeah. What worries me is um, quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence and Mac Mm -hmm. Jones, to be completely honest, Mm -hmm. because if they can be accurate, um, they can, they can dissect OSU secondary the way that it's been playing. Um, Also, again, if you have guys on your defensive line, especially on the interior of your defensive line, I think that you can get after Ohio State and and apply pressure to Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. So to your point, Ohio State definitely is vulnerable, but I think every team that will end up in the college football playoff this year has obvious flaws. I don't think Alabama's defense is elite this year. Um, I don't think Clemson has the wide receiver talent they typically have. Um, I think their defense is very good, but I also don't think their offensive line is as good as we've seen in years past. Um, I still think Notre Dame's kind of phony. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that we've a number of times. Yeah. But, you know, like I, I think everybody does have their flaws. So it'll be who can mask them the best and play yep. to their advantages and not expose their flaws as much. Yeah. I'm excited to see when we get to that point, uh, the top four teams and what what is uh happening with them at that point of the season well you know football is back guys we're all excited about that we've enjoyed it for the last several weeks now and you might not be at the game but you can still be in on all the action on bet online bet online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win this season so from game spreads and totals to team player and those coaching props which are really fun to do uh, bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else you can get in on their um, season opening bonuses today start off wagering on wins division and championship futures all day every day so head to bet online today take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses out there right now don't forget to use the promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that is bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts I had mentioned uh, some of the COVID-19, you know, hits that programs have taken this week in particular, because every week there's games canceled, but we're getting to the point of the season where these rivalry games are happening. And while some of them were moved because of the schedules this year, I know there were, there are a lot of them, you know, that are still planning on happening. And one of those is Old Miss, Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl. I'm actually really interested to see what happens with that. Because these are two first-year head coaches in Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach. I would say arguably Lane Kiffin has done a way better job in his first season at Mm. Old Miss than Mike Leach has done. But I know what rivalry games are like in the South down there in the SEC and any of these schools. And if if Leach doesn't at least give it a fighting chance, um, which last week they played better, I'll give them that, there are going to be some talk down there. I'm telling you, it's Darkville. If he don't, if he doesn't get it straight. It's so wild how quickly the talk starts though. You know, I know, I know, but it does. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's no patience anymore in college football, but I'm just like, God, wait, you can't give a guy a little time. And you know, he's not necessarily my favorite coach, but you can't give a guy a little time. I, you, yeah. And you have to like you, you, you've got to give these guys time to make adjustments, get their guys in the program Get the guys out of there that don't really want to play because they weren't recruited by that coach, right? Right. I mean, that's half of it. No, it is. I mean, you know, you, you got to – it takes a while to build a system offensively and defensively. And then to your point, like, 
you have to have your guys rolling through the program. Like it's hard to mm-hmm. win. You can win with other people's players at the elite programs, but I don't think you can take other people's guys in, in a rebuild type situation, expect to be successful. Especially in that offense. Like he wants his guys. Cause it's just like, that's, that's the Mike Leach way. Yeah. So it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the egg bowl. Um, but there were some games that are not happening. And so I had mentioned the Vanderbilt, Vander, Vanderbilt, um, Tennessee game. And I think people were really just interested in this game, primarily their rivals because they're in the state of Tennessee. But sure. for the most part, it's just like Vanderbilt is just always t- towards the bottom of the conference. So it's just hard to ever say anyone's their rival. But um, it, it's just unfortunate because that's not going to happen now. And I explained why. So that's supposedly going to be played either next week or the week of the championship game for the SEC. And what's funny about it, though, is because I think everybody wanted to see Tennessee like come out against this Vanderbilt team that's improved. I will give them that. They've got Ken Seals, a quarterback who's really played well for them this season when the, in the few games that they have played. Um, I will give them that. They And they have some talented receivers. Um, so I think people were thinking that they were going to give Tennessee its best shot. And the talk around here, Joshua, down in Tennessee right now is, I mean, Jeremy Pruitt is yeah. on the hot seat, although he, he just signed a new, yeah, and he just signed a new contract. Yeah, you know, isn't this season. It's a little difficult there, and I know money's tight around uh, athletic departments right now, considering the, you know, the what's going on in the world. Uh, but he definitely needs to be on the hot seat. Like you, you started off was it two and zero and did a really good job. Uh, you know, you were ranked up there. We're talking about them as you know maybe one of the teams that could challenge in the SEC. And then what did he lose? Five in a row. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh. They had the longest. They had the longest like win streak it like at the time going for over carrying over from last season yeah well <laughs> and then that just went a tumble and down yeah sure did <laughs> you know real a tumbling quick down yeah it did it went tumbling for sure goodness so yeah i mean it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season i mean if they do play vanderbilt this season at some point and they do lose to them. I, I really do think there is a legitimate chance that these boosters are like, get him out. Like if Harbaugh like, would have lost to Rutgers in three overtime. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yep. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen with that. The other game I, and I'm, you know, having a tissue right now because I'm a little bit having a little bit of a, a hard time with this this week, but the apple cup is supposed to happen. And I guess it's not happening. So no Apple Cup this week. It's Washington State versus UW. Of course, you guys know if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm a a Coug alum here. So their whole thing stems from COVID-19 issues related to Washington State, Joshua. And I was telling you before the podcast, I think it really stems back to the start of the season for them. So a couple weeks ago, they've had guys out almost every week, but they've had enough to fuel a roster. And and now I I think it got to the point where it got so bad uh, they had to cancel. And so they're not playing this. They didn't play last week and they're not playing this weekend. So it's just a bummer. I I mean, you say COVID's ramping up and these are just prime examples of it. Yeah, These are rivalry games. It's that's, 
I think the roughest part about it is what you said. Like it's, it's a rivalry. So there's, I mean, like for players, it's a bigger deal for fan bases. It's a bigger deal. And to have to be in a position, if you're in the PAC 12, especially where, um, (laughs) your runway wasn't nearly as long as what some of these other conferences had to maybe move around so you could protect your rivalry game. That's definitely difficult. Um, another one is the same, the similar issue to what the big Ten's running into. We talked about earlier, but um, Minnesota, Wisconsin is a rivalry. There's a, a trophy associated with that game, uh, Paul Bunyan's Axe, and it's actually the uh, the most played rivalry in uh, FBS football um, with 129 meetings. So, like, you know, there are going to be a lot of people that will be disappointed about that game not being played. But, it, I mean, that's the literal environment we're in right now. And, there, yeah. I mean, you know, can't do very much about it. It's just it sucks, basically. Yeah, it, it's it's a bummer, and it, we're all just used to these traditional matchups each and every year. And you know your school's rivalry; it's always exciting to to watch that game because really anything can happen. I think this year, Washington State fans were actually pretty hopeful that they could beat wa- wa- uh, Washington, just because a Mike Leach only won one time in the eight years he was here. Mm. And I think everybody was like, Oh man, this could be our, our win for the season. Right. Although we only play like three or four games, but we'll have to wait. They might play it. I think the 19th of December. So we'll wait out and see what happens with that. All right. Well, 2020 has reshaped the way that we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help, guys. And Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Now, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so that you can focus on hiring the person that you actually need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed giving you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. And right now, Indeed is actually offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Blue Wire, this is the best offer available anywhere. Uh, go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire offer valid through December 31st terms and conditions apply. So this last one, we are, we've been doing our get to know the coach segment and I was actually really excited about this one because I was looking through the top 10 of the AP poll this week. Now, just to let you guys know the college football playoff uh, rankings, the first college football playoff rankings of the season are coming out, but we recorded this on a Tuesday. So Um, We'll be talking about those next week, but BYU is in the top 10 in the AP poll this week. And so I thought, let's get to know this coach because I don't think a lot of people even know who it is. I'm not going to lie. I did not know how to pronounce his name and I still might not say it perfect, but um, it is Kalani Sitake. Kalani Sitake. I think you did a really good job there. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I I tried to practice that. And just want to let you know, Kalani, um, just if you didn't know this, it means a gift sent from heaven. Just to, you know. Yeah, that's a beautiful name, honestly. It really is. It really is. Um, So he was actually born uh, in Tonga. And so he is the first FBS collegiate head coach of Tongan descent, which is extremely cool. It is. So I don't think a lot of people really know these type of things about, they, they, they assume, oh, okay, you know, he's, 
you know, from the Hawaiian area, Hawaii area or whatever, you know, people kind of just make assumptions of yes. where these head coaches are the from. Pacific, just very general. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So that is, um, that is a, a fact about him, which is, um, very cool. Um, let me, let played, me, yes. let me jump in on that real Time quick. In. I think it's, um, I love seeing people break barriers. We've talked about a number of barriers that people are still trying to break through, but when you get into the conference that you love, the PAC 12, um, and it, you know, maybe less in other areas, but there are a lot of kids that are, um, from the Pacific islands, um, yeah. and specifically kids of Tongan descent. So it's uh-huh. probably really good for them, um, to have an image of somebody who looks like them as an FBS sure. head coach. Um, cause I, I know how I feel when I see black head coaches in college football, because there yeah. just aren't very many. Um, so that, that is actually a really cool fact. Yeah. It's, it it's, and he's clearly doing a, a, great, a great job. job yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, and he's getting good talent in there. So, um, the, the other thing that if you guys didn't know this about him, so he did actually play fullback at BYU. And if you don't know the fullback position, it's very underrated mm-hmm. at times. These guys are like physical, take a lot of beatings, do a lot of blocking. It's just not it's not a highlighted position because there's not much of it used. But he was a fullback at BYU, so it's his alma mater. Um, and he was an undrafted free agent, um, the Bengals. And he got hurt. I guess he hurt his back, so that's why he didn't um, continue his career in the NFL. But he, you know, he he did sign with the Bengals. So um, also, not only is he a, a football player and, and has that kind of smarts about him when it comes to coaching, but this guy was initially going to major in math. Joshua, major in math. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Let me just throw that out there that most of us do not like math. What was the highest level math class you took? <laughs> you mean that if I had, I had to take that. I, yeah. Like, like in high school or, in college or whatever. Oh, really? Algebra two. I, I think I had to take algebra two in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm more advanced than you then. So. Oh, you're way I take more that advanced. off the box. I was. I, was I a, didn't do trigonometry or. <laughs> I was a count I did, two guy. I did oh, God. Trig no, and all, yeah. But, 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 but Joshua, <laughs> we've already established that your mind is very bright and I'm uh, not saying my mind's not bright, no, I was but it ready to work say, in math ways. Listen, I, I benefited from the D1 athlete tutors who were able to walk me through every yeah. single step of calculus too, because my, my mind was definitely more of an algebra two mind and not a, a calc two <laughs> mind. But my major told me that you had to get this done or else you ain't going to graduate. Well, you were business, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's, you need all that stuff. I mean, not saying that broadcast journalists, you know, don't need to know scores no, you and don't. stuff, but no. we're not needing to, yeah. you know, I get I, on, say, I need my math can, can, brain to go that direction. I'll get can you count by sevens? Because if exactly. you can count by sevens, you're, you're, you're typically fine. <laughs> you I take, I, I've been pretty good for <laughs> yeah. the most part. But yeah, math was never my specialty, but I guess he like was going to major in it. He changed his major to English, which is also probably some people don't, aren't fond of that. I am very fond of that because that's mainly what I do. I, I write and all that stuff, but yeah, so he's a real smart guy. Um, it, it just, it flabbergasted me that majoring in math is like a thing. Oof. 
Yeah. Just like, I can't think about that. I would I would take English over math as a major any day. Me too. Yeah. I mean, sure. you could be it could be creative English, yes. you know, which is which is great. It doesn't have to be like you know, all the grammar stuff. I mean, I could get into the grammar stuff too, though, like the mechanics and just, you know, all all the different like I could do that yeah. and I would rather do that than, you know, proofs in math. I'm just no, absolutely Oof. not. Derivative and I don't, and stuff. Ugh. I don't know about you. What were you in high school? Oh, I was I was a a national achievement scholar, national honor society, like three point nine student. I was, you know, ass kisser. Yeah, I I I I had to work my ass off to to get my my grade in math. Like I I was the kid who would like you know spend time after class with the teacher, like going over the different stuff. Like I I had to. Well, I'm just glad I don't have to use that type of math on a daily basis, but I will give Joshua a lot of credit um, for one smart cat. Okay, well, you can follow us on our social media platforms for the latest in college football news. Joshua is RIP underscore JEP, and I'm at Kayla Anderson TV. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Press Pass. Have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll be back here same time, same place next week. Take care.